0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris, and I'm joined by Tom. Hello. And by Stu. Hello. We're here to talk the Italian Grand Prix, which was won by Pierre Gasly. How good does that sound?
1: What? Won mm. by who? <laughs> how, how many seasons into F1 2020 are you now? Yeah, I've seen a few so people say that. A yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've... Hey, dude, that. It did look like you had been playing the game for like a few seasons and everyone had just kind of filtered around a bit. Yeah, or retired.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm I've been pretty much grinning ever since that race. It was incredible. I mean, a gasly signs and stroll podium. I mean, we'll get into some <laughs> some stats wow. regarding that a little later on. Um so his kind of path to being in a position to win Sort of came about as a result of two major incidents. uh The first one was kicked off by Magnus and retiring at the end of lap nineteen. I really enjoyed his radio message. Actually, he just sort of went,
3: "Oh, something's broken." Like yeah. he just
0: seemed really <laughs> nonplussed about it. Very
3: casual. <laughs> Very, Very casual. casual hell yeah. surprise, something's broken. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: On my has, what a surprise!
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he pulled over at the exit of Parabolica, uh, what kind of looked like a gap in the. Barrier. I've already seen some conspiracy theories about this, Oh. <laughs> God. but I've seen a, a sort of aerial shot. There's no way
1: you would fit a Formula One car through no. that gap in the barrier. Yeah, um, no. uh, yeah. the only he's, place he's they... done the right thing. Like, yeah, that, he did. I mean, we always talk about the fact that they should find them, and and what he's done is he's found the the painted marker that says "There's a Marshalls opening here," and he's pulled up right in front of it. He's done nothing wrong. It just so happens that that particular one is not adequate size to actually wheel a car back to probably because it's right next to the pit entry
0: yeah it's just yeah. designed as a place where marshals can get on and off the track apparently yeah. there's actually a difference in the way they're painted like ah were you about to drop had, that as well yeah i had an interesting
3: <laughs> knowledge bomb coming in hot then and you um, probably know this better you, than me so will let you do
0: it Stu. well no
3: it's i mean it's i mean there's not much to it it's just it's a it's a thicker painted. Um, it's, it's, the, the barrier is painted for a, a longer distance orange on the ones you can stop at and fit a car through than it is the ones that the marshals have stood at. So the marshals stood at ones that I say painted for like a meter of the barrier and then if you can imagine the other ones being longer, it would have been two meters of the barrier painted. That's it. Like you can tell that going at 200 miles an hour in a Formula One car. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the first of many things where people
0: at the exit of Parabolica didn't see things particularly well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, is oh. True. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of, so obviously the only place I could really put that car was into the pit lane, which meant safety car and a closed pit lane, which makes complete sense. You've got marshals yeah. at the exit of a very fast corner pushing a car along. In a very uncharacteristic error, Mercedes then brought Hamilton in straight away with a um, closed pit lane. Hamilton drove past two light boards that were flashing with a big X saying the pit lane's closed. Uh, he said he was in the process of changing some switches on his steering wheel, not looking to the left, which is completely understandable.
3: Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be looking to the left anyway. You'd be looking at the apex of the corner. Exactly, You'd be looking yeah. looking to the inside of the corner. You wouldn't yeah, really totally. normally be looking out to the left anyway, but carry on.
0: Mercedes uh, didn't notice, basically. That said, like it, it's this notification is on the timing screen, but it's on page four of the timing screens. And the only person, apparently Mercedes, who was paying attention was at the factory back in England. Um, and by the time they'd realized and got a message over to Italy, it was already too late. They reckon it was four seconds too late the message got through for them to yeah. abort the pit stop. Yeah, a really... It's not very often you see Mercedes making mistakes like that, is it? Especially when... I was going to say every other team got it right. That's not true. Alfa Romeo also made the same mistake. I would say a worse mistake because Giovinazzi was well down the pack at that point. They had a long time to notice what was going on and they still got it wrong. I mean...
1: mean, (laughs) He barely started the lap when Lewis was already pitting when he shouldn't have been. He was like in turn four or something at this point. Yeah. It's one thing that to be was, at, like, uh... the head of the train and you have
0: a few seconds to react. But when you've done, like, let's like say, almost a full lap, like, oh, no one else
3: has going in the pits. That's weird. I guess we will. Like, mm, really, guys? Yeah, yeah. Imagine, like, the dollar signs in their eyes, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's an opportunity here. Oh, <laughs> poo. <laughs> um, I-, I can forgive Mercedes for making the mistake. Absolutely. Like, they... Yeah, they totally they, they reacted on the fly as as they normally do. And if you know if they'd not closed the pit lane, then no one else had pitted. Would all be sort of saying how amazing a team they, how amazing. A well, yeah,
0: it was. I mean, if they'd like just got yeah. through
3: before it closed or something, that would have yeah yeah exactly. it'd be a completely different story, wouldn't it? They just got caught out, and it's so yeah. easy to get caught out in those kinds of circumstances. So you know, then, the, like you say, they don't make these kinds of mistakes very often. It was a very uncharacteristic error i'm um, sure totally. they'll put something in place to learn from it and make sure it doesn't happen again because that's what they're really good at when they make mistakes yeah exactly um
0: yeah. that very briefly gave signs the lead under the safety car but hamilton and uh Giovinazzi both got given 10 second stop go penalties which i don't remember the last time we saw a stop go you don't see them for much it's, it's we, we were talking about this a while ago weren't we it seems like they save that for Really serious breaches yeah. of rules. Which, I mean, it is a it is yeah. a really.
3: Se- I mean, it's 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 written in the rule book anyway that the exact thing that they if you enter a closed pit lane, it is a ten second. Stop yeah, penalty. it's there's
0: no yeah. judgment
3: on that. It's this no, is the it's penalty just a isn't it? slam dunk. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think the only deliberation was assessing when they have entered compared to when it yeah. Was closed. But as soon so, as you're guilty, pretty much as soon as the safety car was deployed, they yeah. said. It was closed. It was like an immediate thing. It's not like they deployed the safety car and then thought about, mm, do we need to close mm. the pit lane here? It was done at the same you time. You wonder
3: if they need to do a sort of... The, the Formula mm-hmm. E thing where they have the race director on the radio to so every car... Yeah, saying, yeah, potentially. You know, oh, the way you solve that problem is race director says to every car, pit lane is closed, safety car. Pit lane is closed, safety car. And yeah. then after that, did no one makes a mistake.
1: Yeah, they do... Um, they do use it for exactly yeah. that as well and they time down they, they? the I've, I've heard them end of the, call the pit lanes a close as yeah, well
3: yeah and they they also time down the end of the virtual safety car He counts it in for them so they no one can really gain that much of an advantage mm. by sort of you know mm. correctly predicting that it's going to going to end yeah
0: i'm sure there will be discussion of this going forward um it's funny because like you mentioned it being a hard and fast, this is the penalty for it. Uh, I, I saw Hamilton was sort of questioning how harsh that penalty is, but the only no. reason it's written in the rules is because a number of years ago, apparently <laughs> it was Ricardo broke the same rule and he only got a five-second penalty, which meant he actually still got an advantage from it and everyone was in uproar that this is not nearly a harsh enough penalty. You need to make it much harsher, which is yeah. sort of F1 in a nutshell, isn't it really? that? Yeah. Damned if you do, Short damned memories. if you don't.
1: Yeah, short memories.
0: Yes, yeah, so kind of crucially at that point, Gasly, along with and Leclerc and Latifi, had already made their pit stops before this point. Uh, Gasly actually thought that he was completely screwed the second the safety car came out, because normally if you've pit just before a safety car, that's bad news for you, because everyone gets a free pit stop effectively. But um, yeah. on this occasion, obviously it turned out to be completely the opposite. So yeah, so it basically meant when the pit stop. Uh, when the pit lane did reopen and everyone made their stops, uh, all those drivers kind of got shuffled to the front, including Stroll, who elected not to pit under the safety car, which at the time seemed like a really weird decision, Mm. especially as he was on the same tyre as everyone else around him. I'm
3: not really sure what they were trying at that point. No, I can't really put my finger on it either. The only thing I can think is maybe they didn't want to double stack. Possibly. And then the opposite, and then the because the safety car came in quite, su- quite suddenly, didn't it? it we're expecting did. it probably to be out probably for one more lap, but it, because it came, a, the a product of it coming in so quick was that those that were planning on double stacking, not double stacking and just doing one car at a time, maybe, maybe they were planning that. Then they've lost out because obviously everyone just got released and it's like, oh well, you stuck with these tires then, crack on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty think- much.
0: Uh, we then got uh, not even a single lap of racing before uh, another safety car, which became a red flag for uh, Leclerc's crash, which was a huge one. Yeah. We've seen a few big crashes at parabolic over the years, and that was up with the biggest ones, I think. Uh, it yeah. seemed like driver error, I think. I've not seen anything to say he
1: had any issues to cause it. I don't know if you have. I haven't. Uh, it, it looks like he's, um he's lost a bit of retraction traction on yeah. that that's yeah. of yeah painted green bit and the the drainage he's lost it on, on the cold tires
3: so that's what's happened yeah, yeah.
1: it co- combination of cold tires and being too far
3: wide as he's as
1: he's getting that power down yeah. coming out of power. it wasn't really wide as well and it's just kicked out on him. Yeah, there's no
3: wonder it didn't yeah. grip because there's there's not a lot of grip around there at the best of times you know there are a few cars sort of twitching as they go yeah. through, as they went through their through the whole race and yeah to do to go out there on cold i think he was on hard tires as well at that point um to do that it just it's driver error it's driver yeah. error. it's unfortunate that yeah. it ended his race and he was very lucky to not not sort of i mean he hopped out and ran across literally ran across the track so <laughs> yeah um, he was um it was it's a shame because he'd it had been
0: a good restart lap for him up until that point. Like he got both alphas on the rundown to turn one. I think he got someone else. He was up to sixth at the point he lost it. So it was almost looking like one of those results, potentially where Leclerc just pulls a decent result out of nowhere in a car that doesn't deserve it, but um, was not to be. Mm. All of which brought about two quirks of the rules that I had completely forgotten about. Um, the first one which me and you were talking about, Tom, and I saw a lot of other people saying exactly the same thing, is the fact that you're allowed to change tires under a red flag. Cause I am almost certain I remember them changing that rule. But I, I apparently I that didn't happen. It. <laughs> this is like a Mandela effect thing. Like I've seen loads of people on the internet saying, I definitely remember them changing this rule. But Yeah, apparently not. Um, So first of all, it allowed Gasly, who was pretty much on the oldest tyres out of anyone, to put on a set of fresh mediums. And it meant Stroll, who had yet to pit at that point, um, was able to change his tyres to satisfy the must-run two tyres rule without actually making a pit stop, which Mm. very much upset Lando Norris. Um, Both McLaren drivers, in fact, were pretty aggrieved at that. It does seem a weird mm. quirk in the rules it's the
3: look of the draw it's just look of the draw it's racing it it's is what happens.
0: Like if- it is I mean I guess the flip side is if you're not allowed to do that and you're on knackered tyres it means the first lap after the restart you have to pit which is probably exactly. going to drop you to the back but then again that kind of works both ways because yes it drops you to the back but it also means you're on the freshest tyres of anyone so in theory you're going to be faster than a lot of people whereas this just it seems like all gain it's it is look of the draw but it's a uh, as I don't know. It's a strange one. I mean, Mc- without that, McLaren would probably have had two drivers on the podium, maybe even a one-two out of it. And mm. I don't know. It's a weird one. It's, I can see why Norris was annoyed by it, but
3: you can see why why he was annoyed. But he wouldn't have been annoyed if he'd not pitted. He'd have been laughing and joking. Yeah, about yeah, that's really, very very yeah. true. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's literally just how the it's how the game goes sometimes. You know, it's 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 unfortunate for Lando, but. It's just the way the cookie crumbles, you got to suck it up. Yeah, it's true.
0: And to be fair, he was also able to do the same thing, so it's not like he was stuck on old tyres when Stroll could yeah. have put fresh ones on. Yeah. But there we go. Uh, the second rule, which I don't think anyone really had a problem with, except maybe Lance Stroll, which, again, I'd completely mm-hmm. forgotten about, was the fact that we get a second grid restart after a red flag. Yeah.
1: Which <laughs> is- yeah. The, the, this is the first time it's... Uh, come yeah, into effect is. since they changed that rule, which is probably why people yeah completely. forgot about it. It was
0: <laughs> brilliant. I was just like edge of my seat when that was happening. Like I was already bouncing around at this is a very exciting race. <laughs> and then for that to happen as well, it was, yeah, it's, again, it's probably something that a lot of people will say is not really racing and it's unfair mixes things up, but I don't care a jot because that was awesome to see a second start going on in the middle of a race. Um,
3: yeah, it was I pretty much the I halfway
0: don't. point as well, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, almost exactly halfway. Just a couple of laps off the halfway point. Um, Yeah, I have no problem with it. I think it's great. It's great having them start. I think it's how it should be. Like, just do do the start again. Because it's kind of boring to just, you know, have them pootling around behind the safety car. You can have them pootling around behind the safety car for ages, then going around. Or you can stop them and then have them going back to behind the safety car and then starting them in just a train. Yeah. Which is just not that exciting, or you could do a standing start, and standing start's way more fun. Always more fun. Unless you land stroll. (laughs) Unless you land stroll, but we'll get
0: on to him a little later. (laughs) I'd say, sort of tyres aside, that restart was probably what won Gasly the race, would you say? I mean, he made an amazing second start. He got ahead of stroll and sort of held off, because the Alphas both had really good starts. Kimi was looking super racy on that first lap, but Gasly managed to hold them both off and kind of keep that cushion between himself and McLaren's kind of... The Alphas are always going to fall down the order. Well, we knew Giovinazzi had a penalty anyway, but I think that was probably the point Gasly
1: really cemented his chances, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a solid start. Um, he even like, had a sniff at
0: Hamilton, didn't he, to turn one? Yeah, it's
1: yeah. he's, he's the best thing he could have done in the situation. Like, he made the best out of that situation he was put in. Got a clean start, went with the leader, as he was at the time in, in Hamilton, and kept behind him essentially keeping the alphas behind him was the best thing he could have done and the alphas helped him sort of run a bit mm. of a gap a little bit to those behind him and give him a little bit of breathing space for when everything did fall into place because like obviously the mclarens and um stroll had to fight back past those alphas which you know it would have been na- it would have been nice to see three italian yeah, right. cars stay in the top three <laughs> But it was never going to happen. Like we were joking about it during the race, weren't we? Like, imagine the scenes if Kimi Raikkonen stays in that podium position. But well, it was like, obviously, well, it wasn't. All a this hoo ha about the Ferrari <laughs> engines. Like at that
0: point, you had Ferrari engines running second and third. Like, don't know what the problem is.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. Um,
0: I do you think it was interesting that obviously you have to take the penalty within three laps? Hamilton took his straight away, but Alpha kept. Giovinazzi out, I think, for the maximum three laps. I wonder if that was maybe them trying to use him to as a kind of cushion to give Raikkonen a bit of space to run away to maybe help Raikkonen stay ahead, but I mean, it, it didn't work out in the end because they both dropped out the points, but I wonder if that's what they were up to at that point. Potentially. It, it was great for Gasly, though, because he took, well, took signs about six laps for him to end up ahead of both the Alphas. Yeah. His overtaker brand the outside of... Uh, Räikkönen was particularly choice, I thought.
3: Yeah, it was a good move. That was a really good move. It was turn one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that gave us that 19-lap chase at the end. Uh, Sainz was about four seconds behind Gasly at the point he got past uh, Kimi. Uh, Gasly had a lot of work to do. He was having to sort of look after his rear tyres for quite a lot of that stint before he could really push it. Um, honestly, I at the point we had the second start, I really thought Sainz was going to... Just sidle up to Gasly and go past him like he was standing still, to be honest. But Gasly, I mean he did just enough, didn't he? One more lap and Signs would have done it. But Gasly yeah. did yeah. everything he needed to do. It was proper, like giving it everything for those last few laps.
3: Yeah, it was a proper fight. It was a true fight for the win. It, it really was. Which you yeah. don't really say that often. Yeah. So in any form of race, you don't see that many real fights at the front like that. So it was really special.
1: I think as well, the um the inherited traits that come down the tree from big sister team Red mm. Bull possibly showed because what Gasly was managing to achieve was through the sort of middle of the lap where you're going through the chicanes and Ascari and things like that. He was managing to get the traction out of the corners a lot sooner than Science was able to, which... Just gave him that yeah. little bit of breathing space, and meant that science was never quite close enough, even with the DRS. Yeah. And you you noticed it a lot it, when you went on board with signs. What you noticed is how much earlier Gasly was able to get on the pa- get the car like in line and get on the powering and get out of the corner and just give himself enough just just a tiny bit of it. Yeah, unfair. well that, but the that's the one. advantage you have when you're ahead though, isn't it? Because you've got the clean air. Yeah. True, yeah, yeah. It's it's part part and parcel of being ahead as well. I I think I think it'll be a combination of the two things. It'll be to do with the the, the car itself and just the differences between the two cars, but as well like you say it's the it's the fact of having clean air. You you've got more, you've got more downforce because you you've not got that dirty air wake over the back of the car. Yeah, like I think
3: well. to be honest, I think science did as did really well to get as close as he did in the end to finish yeah, only did. four attempts behind him and stay there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more, like you say, one more lap, and he would have. Yeah, that's all you needed for sure. Hmm.
0: But yeah, it's just it was one of those results where. I mean, obviously, signs have been a bit miffed that he didn't win and Hamilton won't have been best-pleased. I think a few other guys probably weren't best-pleased about their day, but no one was unhappy about who won that race. Like, it's just... Marty Brundle said it, like, that was just a really, really good day for Formula 1. It It was was fantastic. And to see the three of those guys, like, three unusual podium people who were all happy for each other to be there... And then the fact that Gasly just like stayed behind on the podium on his own for a while just to kind of have a little quiet cry to himself and take it all in, like, as as much as you can respect people like Hamilton and Verstappen winning races and you know, they deserve it, they're fantastic. It's almost like this is what we do, we win races kind of thing. When you see someone who's not used to that and especially someone getting their first win, like you don't see that all the time, and it's a really it's a really special thing to see.
3: Yeah, it
1: is a special moment for sure. I think especially when it's in circumstances like that as well, where like if I mean we were all everyone was quite happy about seeing Charles Leclerc get his win when when he moved to Ferrari and everyone really enjoyed that moment, but it always feels that bit more fairy tale when you're not in one of the teams that's expected to win. That's that I think that's the key factor is it's it goes back to stuff like Maldonado in Spain and um, and Seb himself yeah. when he was in it as a Toro Rosso. Like everyone's banged on about that all weekend, but it, it is very reminiscent of that. It's a car that's not expected to be there, that's got there through some like slightly unusual circumstances going on through the race, whether it be con- like you know weather conditions, um, the, the penalties, the red flags, whatever it might be, but ultimately, it's presented this opportunity that somebody's just taken with both hands, yeah. taken out of the scruff of the neck, and made something of. And especially being
0: someone who, I mean, barely more than a year ago, like, it was when he got demoted from Red Bull back to Toro Rosso, like, Gasly was an absolute rock bottom then, like, his confidence was shot, yeah. his pace was gone, he was nowhere. Um, and then it was only a short time after that, when he lost his best friend in a racing car accident, like, and from that point, the way he's built himself back to getting his podium in uh, Brazil last year, and now winning a race, like it's just such a great story. It's so yeah. it's been really good to see someone who's gone through that Red Bull machine and be crushed by it almost more than any other driver we've seen, and to come yeah. back out the other side of that is it's really good to see.
3: Yeah. Just imagine if the Tifosi had been there. If there'd been yeah, some fans right. there to oh, see yeah. that podium, that would have been one of the wildest podiums you've ever seen. I bet.
0: Yeah, it's it's the only sort yeah. of negative on the whole thing, isn't it? That there wasn't fans there to for him to get the full Mont podium experience. Yeah, the full
3: treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still rad though.
0: Oh, massively! I have many stats to go through. Um, Stat- actually, just to mention, <laughs> uh, speaking of the people who use on the podium. Hamilton, he came out of his pit stop, uh, sorry, his penalty stop, almost thirty seconds behind, but he recovered back up to seventh, um, which amazingly keeps his record point scoring streak going to <laughs> a ludicrous number of races. Yeah, I don't know. You think of this race, you think of Germany last year, and he still managed to always score <laughs> points. It's ridiculous,
3: it's crazy. Yeah, um, he 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 like could have caught a few more laps. He probably would have been catching Bottas as well. He was only ten seconds behind Bottas. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and if there's ever an
1: argument for driver and machinery, surely that is it, to be that far really? back and then end up that close to your teammate afterwards. Yeah. it's the combo, isn't it? Sure, you need the combo. Surely that, how does that not put the argument of he is a talented driver, regardless yeah. of machinery? How does the fact that he caught back up to his teammate not put arguments <laughs> like that to bed? It? I do not understand. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And that's the thing, like, despite all this, he didn't really suffer that much championship damage either. Like, Bottas had a poor race and only finished a couple of places ahead. Hamilton got the fastest lap point and Verstappen retired. So we only actually (laughs) lost... Well, his lead remains the same, I think, because all he did really is Bottas caught up Verstappen a bit, and that's about all that changed, which is ridiculous. Um, Anyway, let's have some stats. Uh, This is the first non-Mercedes-Ferrari or Red Bull winner since Kimi Räikkönen won for Lotus in Australia 2013. It's the first podium that doesn't have a Mercedes-Ferrari or Red Bull driver on it since Hungary 2012. <laughs> the first race in the mm. turbo hybrid era that Mercedes didn't have a driver on the podium. That's the, I think that's the wildest stat of all. Yeah, that is a mad Goodness. one. Uh, so since 2014? Yeah.
3: 2014, yeah, 2014 yeah. was the first season of wow. it. They've
0: always had at least one driver
3: on the podium until now. That's insane.
0: Um, first French winner of a Grand Prix since Olivier Panis in Monaco in 1996, which yeah. which every yes. French driver on the grid knew inside <laughs> like, out already. Even, even Grosjean <laughs> on the cool down lap when he found out Gazi won, he was like, yeah. oh, first one since Panis in Monaco ninety six. Like, yeah, they yeah. all just know.
3: Lads, lads, lads. <laughs> Cal
0: <laughs> um, I did enjoy actually after the race um, someone tried to interview Grosjean asking him about his race and Grosjean was like what do you ask me about my race for ask me about Gasly like no one cares about what I was up to. <laughs> um, Honda became the first engine manufacturer since Renault in 2013 to win races with two different teams in one season which is a, I thought was a very interesting stat. Um, and the last stat, it's the fourth youngest podium ever. Average age of 24 years, one month and 25 days. Wow. Which we've said it before, but this last couple of years has very much shown that the future of
1: F1 is in very good hands. Is is it by any chance that Max Verstappen really skews that and is winning Spain? It's entirely possible, yeah. I've not actually podium. seen what the other three are, but I uh, bet that he massively skewed that. That that win, at, win in Spain must skew Because he was seven, because... just under
0: 18, was he, at that point?
1: Yeah, and Lu- Lewis and Nico weren't no. on there, and they were obviously in their 30s at the time, early 30s. So Yeah, I bet it did, actually. I can't I can't think who was on the podium with him, to be honest. Was it Danny Rick and yeah, somebody else? I think
0: else? it was. I bet Seb's winner at Monza of Toro Rosso <laughs> um, is on that list
1: as yeah. well. Yes, yeah. that'll be there as well. None yeah. of the... Again, it just depends on who else yeah. is there, doesn't it, really? But yeah, sadly, I've seen that stat, but not the, what the other three are. But there we go
0: let's talk about some other people in the race Lance Stroll I felt like after the race he seemed to be trying a bit too hard to put a brave face on things and say how happy he was with his podium like we've been pretty complimentary of Lance Stroll this year I think he's an easy guy to knock and I uh, I I do think he's impressed us all this year but honestly I feel like he threw away a win today uh, on Sunday
1: that mm. was his to lose in my mm. opinion. That that re that restart, albeit difficult circumstances, it that that is what let him down because not only was he losing places on the on the start to like the Alphas and stuff, but it was also the um the mistake he made under breaking, nearly careering mm. into the back of the Alphas. And I'm I'm still dubious about the way that I said this to you at the time, Chris, while we're watching it. I'm still very dubious about the way that he re-entered it was the circuit a because was punchy, wasn't it? It was <laughs> it was like by the time he got to turn five or whatever, what I'd seen from him is a bad start losing positions, chopping across the track at Carlos Sainz into turn one, um, nearly careering into the back of an alpha into turn four, and then very swiftly keeping his foot in it and rejoining yeah. the track in the position he left after the exit of turn 5 and I'm I'm very surprised that he wasn't told that he needed to give a place up for what
3: happened through the secretary. sounds like he got a bit of the got a bit of the pink mist <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: not quite full I red. think it probably <laughs> helps that signs pretty much
0: straight away overtook him I think had he stayed ahead of signs then he might have done but the yeah, fact that signs basically passed him into the next corner um probably helped but yeah, I really feel like he should have won that race. Like at the at the restart, he was effectively starting it first because we knew Hamilton was about to take his uh, stop go.
1: Mm. I, I I guess, I mean, to try and be not so negative and stroll bashy, I guess the thing that I would probably say is, in terms of Formula One, he's not really had starting at the front experience yet. Until not, not True. like not in that scenario, yeah. But he's had a race I start think.
3: experience, though, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, I know. This is why I that's why I'm finding it hard to justify yeah, it. But I, I... I'm just trying, I'm trying to play like devil's advocate yeah, a little yeah. bit. That like maybe just that pressure of because imagine like the pressure of kind of being on pole at the start of a race and basically being in the mindset of I've got to get in, I can't, I can't lose any place here, I'm in the lead, I need to get into turn one, um, first. Obviously, he wasn't quite in that position, but knowing about the penalties, he know he knows the potential that that start has for him. And I think maybe all that's just built up a bit too much in his own head, and then the wheel spin, the mistake at yeah, the start, quite that's possibly. Him, that's made, you know, it's like it's just very quickly snowballed yeah, so to the point that it Ed's did. Gone, um, yeah. yeah, and it, it's just it's just not being used to it. Like, I mean, he did well to be where he was in the first place. They took the gamble on not pitting. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he has come away with a podium, but he is right in thinking to himself that he probably should have done a lot better with that that reason Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And he, he seems to be what probably is his own harshest critic on that. And I think even though he's not said it out loud to the media or anything, I think like Chris was saying, you, you can see in his demeanour that he was very, very disappointed with yeah, himself so. and the way that he'd, he, he felt he'd thrown it away. Um, so I think there'll be nobody harsh on him but himself in, in that. Scenario. Yeah, hopefully it's it's definitely something to learn from uh, mm. for him.
0: Yeah, um, Bottas. Speaking of dismal starts, Bottas had <laughs> an atrocious first lap. Um, he yeah. he said he nearly managed to jump the start again somehow, and as a result of that, he was slow reacting to the actual start. He's. He said he feels like he's been suffering some disturbance with his starts recently, which sounds like Obi-Wan Kenobi's on his case. Like I don't know what that means, but
3: <laughs> Yeah.
0: That's there we go. Um he made a bit of contacts on the first lap, thought he had a puncture, and the team said no, you haven't. Then he thought he had some wing damage and the team said no, you haven't. Um or th- then he's like something else must be wrong. He ended up losing places to both McLaren's Perez and Ricardo on the first lap. Um, and then proceeded to have cooling issues basically for the rest of the race. Um, eventually finished fifth. Didn't really make much progress going forward. I actually think I saw him overtake anyone other than the Alphas or race, to be honest.
3: Yeah, um, he eventually got Raikkonen, didn't he? I saw him never yeah. Raikkonen.
0: But... I mean, you could say that says more about how Mercedes set up their car than him. But then again, Hamilton managed to make a fair few overtakes, didn't he?
3: Yeah. I heard that he was in the wrong engine mode from qualifying. Oh, um, good.
1: <laughs> so one. <laughs> he was, he, he was. I mean, he was complaining about temperatures quite a lot, wasn't he? Um, and I think that they did try and justify changing some vent openings and yeah. things, didn't they? Some, yeah, the restart, they were changing a lot of body weren't they? To try and, to try and um, improve the airflow, obviously it didn't really do much for him but i mean it's it's the double-edged sword isn't it like if if you're going to set your car up to be fast in clean air which means you're more likely to be on pole when you've got those clean quality laps and you able to kind of run away with it a bit like lewis does and and nico used to do it as well like uh, if you're going to build your car to that specification it's the it's the same as the red bull effect the red bull used to have the same problem it was built to run out at the front and if it didn't yes you know seb and mark weber at the time could kind of bring it back through the field if they really had to but it was a difficult job for them and that's it's just the nature of the beast isn't it if you're going to be what if you're going to be in a car like that you need to be running at the front and you need to make sure you stay running at the front from lights out realistically
0: yeah Yeah, i mean all weekend the mercedes was pretty far down on the um speed trap rankings like they were very much self like i saw someone i think it was the first lesmo some analysis on the apex speed and mercedes were going through there like 30 kilometers an hour faster than most other cars like they were right. ludicrous through the corners but in a straight line just nowhere near anyone else but i you say they didn't expect to be needing top end speed to pass people yeah yeah but again hamilton managed it from the back
3: yeah and if you're in the wrong engine mm-hmm. mode for the entire race, then that'll also That's do. definitely not going to help it, now. Yeah. True. And especially um, given that, just, just on the engine mode thing, actually, because the, the significance to this, I think, mm. I think he would have had a much easier job getting past all those other cars if he'd been able to change his ending mode to the sort of party mode, if you like, that yeah. they've had access to up until now. Um, and I think that's why we saw Hamilton not get as far through the field as quickly as what you sort of might have expected in a race or two ago because they just can't they can't turn the cars up anymore. They've got one mode that's defined at qualifying and they've got to stick with that for the entire remainder of the race weekend. So for the race, whichever engine mode you use for quality at the start of quality, then that's your engine mode for that session and for the race.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. It definitely would have made life harder. Um, I mean, yeah. Toto definitely had a right smile on his face after qualifying when... Mercedes was still one and two, and the teams like Red Bull and to a lesser extent Ferrari, who were the ones pushing for this ban, seemed to be the ones struggling the most with it in qualifying. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't work out quite so well in the race, I guess. No. And McLaren, let's talk about McLaren. They were probably the second fastest car, mm. definitely in the race, arguably all weekend. Could easily have been a double podium. I mean, Sign said after the race that he was pretty confident he would have finished second without all the shenanigans that went on, which I think is probably a fair assessment. I mean, they were running second and third early on, weren't they?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, they they, they caused yeah. all the sort of chaos for Bottas really by getting round him, especially Norris. Yeah. Nor- Norris's battle with Bottas was excellent. I yeah, it, it was great. Really Norris, good. Yes. Norris.
0: Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> It, it was it was good actually to see Norris. Uh, I've never said Norris. What are you doing? <laughs> Norris. It was Sebastian. Norris.
2: <laughs> Landos. Norris. <laughs>
0: it was good actually to see Norris having like a good start and like fighting on lap one. Because I think starts and first laps have been a bit of a weakness of his fur a lot of this season. He tends to have a poor start and then fight back. So it was really nice to see yeah, him actually it's... making progress.
1: It's funny you mention that because did you know that he has the worst first lap Oh, does he? That doesn't of, surprise me. Yeah. He's, well, he's not the only person in negative uh, over the thing but he's I think it's four places you know the way yeah, it works out over the places, balance of the yeah, season kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if, I don't think it's the average I think that it's like overall oh, where he is in yeah, terms yeah. of gained and lost yeah and he's at the bottom with minus four or he, he was anyway I don't know where it'll be now but I think that was after Spa yeah no that sounds about right it might have been the race before but it was, it was recent because mm, Giovanazzi so. is always
0: really high on that list because he's got a slow car but he's really good at starts yeah <laughs> So he was makes up a bunch of places by turn one and then progressively loses them all as the race goes on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nazi train Driver of the day. I mean, would you give it to anyone other than Gasly? I mean, maybe Sainz, I would say, is a very, very, very close second, like literally. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> but, Gasly or Sainz. I mean, can you begrudge you begrudge Gasly when he's, he's picked up his first It's race? a heart
0: and head one, isn't it? Um, I think my head probably says Sainz, but given that at some point after the race on Sunday, all of the emotion made me have a little cry. I'm going to go with my heart and say Gasly. Oh, wow, Chris, goodness. Do you know what it was? Do you know oh, what it was, and it was tipped that tipped me over the edge? What? I saw I saw online a clip of the French commentators commentating him over the line at the end, and that, for some reason, was the thing that tipped me over the edge and made my, me well up a little bit. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go with my heart. It's, it's
3: got to be Gasly, hasn't it? I think Gasly, yeah. Think I'm so, with you both, yeah. Gasly.
1: Can I just point out this kind of is a WTF in a way, but it's it's linked to this more? I cannot believe that Lewis Hamilton somehow got
3: third in the actual official vote. <laughs> yeah, how did he No way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, what is wrong with oh, you people, internet? Cringe. Oh dear. <laughs> cringe. The internet is just a weird place, isn't it? Like what, Were they watching a different yeah. race? I, mean, I suppose he drove well. Like you can't deny that he drove well to go from no. I seconds Off so. the back of the field, to, well, twenty-three seconds he was off the back to but finish in seventh. That's a good drive, but driving. day?
0: it's not like he was on the podium. Like he was seventh.
3: Did, hang on a minute. So who who do we think? If so, I'm guessing science would have been second in the official and. It was yeah. It was Gasly and Signs, yeah.
1: um, and then Lewis okay, was third on so, the... I don't. I don't know if that's where it finished, but at the time during the race, you know where it pops up towards the end, yeah. that's that's where it was. And usually that's yeah, just I'm pretty sure the that's closes, it finished, isn't yeah. it? So it, it's not going to change it dramatically at that point. I don't. Who
3: think. would you rate higher than Hamilton's drive for this race?
1: Other, Other than Gasly and Signs that and Gasly, we already mentioned,
3: yeah. yeah.
0: Um, let's have a little look. Did Prob- anyone
3: do better? Norris. Yeah, yeah, I'd, probably Norris gone, be, I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd
1: probably gone. Yeah, yeah. i probably gone. I mean, Stroll. I, I, I know he had some issues, but end of the day, he's
3: on the podium. I think his own driving has let him down, though. I think we expected more of him. Mm, maybe. I think if Latifi so, had
0: managed to nick that tenth place as well, might have g- given him a
3: shout. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay.
1: Kevin Magnuson for parking in a position that caused the seen red flag. There's a lot flag. of people suggesting that, yeah. <laughs>
3: it's a good it's a good move. Maybe that's people. maybe that's move of the day. <laughs> yeah, that moves us on quite nicely, actually.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> move of the day. Kevin Magnuson for parking <laughs> in a position that caused the red flag. Move there's two the f-
0: there's two for me. There's signs passing Kimi for second place towards the end that we mentioned earlier. And I think Norris's move on bottas on the first yeah, lap. They're the two nice. that stood out.
3: Mine was Boris on the first lap. He he really had his elbows out for that one, and he he made it stick, and he did it just about fair. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, it was it was yeah. it was borderline, but um, he he got the job done. And he hes that, again the knock on effect of that move kind of set up this r- race before there was any red flags or any mm. um, crashes or anything like that or any retirements we were already set up for a really good race yeah exactly. Bottas had yeah. sort of dropped back a bit and, and was struggling. So we already had loads to look at and then, yeah, it just got better and better from there. Yeah, I think there's one that
1: I've not had a chance to dig out yet because it's not on the official highlights and I haven't had a chance to go watch the race back or pick up any onboards. But I heard a lot of talk after the race about something Danny Rick pulled on Bottas is what the oh, last. on the first because, lap because there was uh, there was a whole well I, I don't know so the, there was a whole banter thing between Norris um, and I think it was just in an interview. Oh yeah, Royce it was. Did. That was good. But he, he was joking. He's joking around about um, Danny Rick coming to the team next year, joining McLaren, and he was saying, "Yeah, well, he's not been able to overtake since he lost Red Bull uh, since he since he left Red Bull." So I don't think he's always cracked up to be. Just like joking around, bantering, and then they ended up together on the post race coverage and it it was like post, I think it was Jensen just trying to cause trouble between the two of them and basically just said, yeah, did you not see his uh, his move on Bottas? I thought you said he can't overtake Lando. Did you not see that move? And I want to see the move. I want to yeah, see the move. Was. I don't know where it was. it was. It was on the first lap. He
0: went up the inside of Bottas into the Ascari chicane. It was Oh, yeah, that one. It was okay. very good. I know which one we're talking That's about now. Yeah, yeah. move, then. It was a very ballsy move, yeah. Oh yeah,
1: I mean there was a there was a science on stroll through Ascari as well.
0: Yeah, that one was a little more. He was like alongside a bit earlier, whereas Ricardo yeah. it looked like he hadn't got close enough to make the move stick, and then he just chucks it in anyway. Yeah,
1: if it's that one we're talking oh, about, damn then
0: yeah, yes, I, I've I forgot that, that the
3: one. Point. Might, well, I've so- changed my vote. We, we should mention, <laughs> b- I suppose, Bottas's, even though Bottas's move on Raikkonen was the fastest car against potentially the second or maybe even the slowest car on the day, he came from a long way back to get. He was still, a, yeah, that move he was still done. a decent one.
1: Yeah. I think there's a mention to be made for Kimmy's, like, I guess. He didn't give up any of those, but like a lot of these involved moves on <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen is what I'm getting yeah. at. And at no point did Kimi actually like just give up and submit to the moves. Uh, but I, I said this to you, Chris, at the time. Like it's it's one of those things where he will always fight to the limit of what is fair. He will never yeah. he'll never be overly aggressive. He'll never over defend when it's you know when there's no need for it. But every single driver on that grid. Probably knows that if there's any driver other than the, like that they can go wheel to wheel with and come out fair, it'll be mm, Kimi. Rake I don't and, think there's any yeah. in terms of like um,
0: really close wheel to wheel racing done fairly. I don't think there's anyone better than Kimi for that still. No. Um
1: So just an honorable yeah, mention for his <laughs> his
0: part in all <laughs> these moves. I'm torn now. I'm always think <laughs> I'm leaning back towards Ricardo again.
3: I'm still on Norris. I'm still on Norris. What are you saying, Tom?
1: Oh, uh, but I'm going to end up being all fanboy if I say Norris.
3: <laughs>
0: it's
1: my fault. I mean, g- given given that you've not actually, do you actually remember the Ricardo one? Now? <laughs> no, no, I know which one we're talking about. now. Okay, I, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if there was another one. That's I have seen that one, and I know the one we're talking about with the scary. Eh? But I don't know the way the way Jensen sold it on the first race <laughs> coverage. I was like, "What has he done? This sounds incredible." I think you right. I guess was, was a, it was. It was. It was a good move. But yeah, I think it was just stirring up trouble. I mean, I'm um, thinking Ricardo
0: with Norris a close second. So if you guys are both thinking Norris, then uh, we can I've go with
1: Norris that. with Ricardo a close second. Then cool, we will go with that.
0: <laughs> um, and then final award.
1: Honestly, what the f- are we doing here?
3: You know what? I think it's Vettel. This week, I think the the brakes just giving up on Vettel, and you know it gave us a bit of a flash moment as well, where he just went straight through the barriers at um, at turn one. That made me laugh so much
0: because at the the time it wasn't instantly clear that it was a brake failure, and it kind of looked like he had just missed turn one and just gone. Oh, I'm just going straight on it. I can't be bothered (laughs) with this. (laughs) Like I'm not weaving through this.
1: Yeah, I, I remember. I remember you saying, "Like, I'm glad that, in, in a way, I'm glad that there was a bit brake failure, and it wasn't him just deciding to yeah. do it for the laugh." Um. um, I mean, there's an argument to say Mercedes
0: cocking up, uh, giving their driver in the lead of the race a 10-second penalty.
1: Um, but again, there's we've talked about that. There's, it's. I, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna give one out for that, it's got to be. More aimed at Alpha. It has being, actually been being, <laughs> being 40 seconds further down the road and still actually, making yeah. the same mistake. I, I think, think if that's you're going to give is. it anyone, that's them. Um, I mean, I know it's not race and we, we sometimes give it to things that aren't like directly in the race, but Q1, q oh, and, and, was... and some of FP3, to be fair, as well. Like the whole, some of it was just downright dangerous at yeah, times. Yeah, when Hamilton had they to mess out around.
0: the way of a
3: couple of people. Yeah, like. It got a bit know. daft. You didn't see the F3 qualifying goodness. Oh, that? that was hilarious. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> it's
1: I know I know it's it's to do with the track and it, it is quite unique a scenario to this track, but surely they've got to think about some some form of I know I know teams will find a way, like round rules and regulations, but they must need to start thinking about something. Um
3: well, I think it's just, it's just the way it's, it's just a product of the way the sports evolved, hasn't it? You know, when, the, when yeah. we've got much bigger, wider cars now, the wheels are much bigger. So they do j- create a much bigger hole in the air than they used to. So the mm. slipstream is now a viable mm. thing where it wasn't so much before in the past when we had the skinny rear wings and the, and the skinny front wheels, you know, it was, it was a lot different then. And the whole reason they did that was to make it so that they punched less of a hole in the air to make them have more (laughs) downforce so they could follow each other. And it seems like they just threw all that out the window when they came up with these new rules, this new aero system. Even so, like, you can be a second or two behind someone and
0: get the slipstream. They were, like, underneath each other's wings trying to... It, it just became, it was clear to everybody watching that, that they're all just going to get in each other's way and mess up their laps. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Big time. But they
0: were all just still sat there doing it. Like it's,
3: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very stupid. I think, I think I, that probably is the one for me.
3: Yeah. I was really happy in Q3 when Mercedes just went for it and made everyone's yeah. mind up for them. On one second, was still, yeah. were was still like, refueling, right, we're putting tires on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were like, right, off we go. And they Yeah, did that it was really and, good. And they got the fastest lap, obviously um so yeah q1 uh definitely a contender q1 shenanigans tf anything else
1: i don't know I can't, I can't think of anything that really stood out like that was not putting you know,
3: stroll seemed like a mad one
1: <laughs> at the time it yeah, did, yeah. With, with without hindsight i guess um yeah i, I don't know
0: I mean, at this point, it's a bit tired to keep <laughs> mentioning Ferrari getting
1: knocked out in Q1, isn't
3: it? Oh, uh, yeah, like that's, yeah we've been down that's, that road. That's
1: a, pro- that's a product of that same issue, though, isn't it? It kind of was, it, or yeah. is it they're just. Well, I
3: mean, it's a combination of things, isn't it? It's not just the fact that people were trying to slipstream. It was more the fact they've got an absolute dog of a car at the moment.
1: Y- yeah, but I think the difference is, like, Leclerc made it through, and Vettel probably would have made it through if he wasn't stuck in a group of five cars, all trying mm. to go through turn one side by side on a hot lap. Vettel was a lot closer to Leclerc this
0: weekend. It mm. seemed
1: that it that was... that car was maybe not capable of Q three, as was proven. But it but wasn't. Yeah, it, it should it should have it should have at least got out of Q one. And I think the only reason it didn't it like it was it was zero point zero six off. Or something. It was it was ridiculously close to being out of Q Q one and into Q2 already. And it was just the fact that I don't know. I think he was a bit annoyed with the Alphas. The Alphas overtook them and just went, Well, if, if you lot are gonna mess around here, we're mm. going past you. But then he kind of blamed them, saying, Well, they, they went past us and messed it all up. It like, well, why didn't you just go? <laughs> like Yeah, exactly. You could have yeah. just gone yourself. They so. all complain, but they're all part of the same problem. Yeah.
0: It mm, did us uh... the nice shots of um, Vettel. After he got knocked out, having to wander down to Parabolica to watch the other cars going yeah. through. Like, yeah. wherever the driver would be in their room, sulking, he was like, Oh, I'll go, I'll go and watch some cars then. And like, yeah. Although I did like, like he was started watching them and he just turned out the camera and was like, Miss the Apex.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was
3: good.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Battle, uh, actually, um, I don't know if you saw, so there were the kind of cardboard cutouts in the crowd. Um, <laughs> Essentially, yeah. you could, it was a charity thing. You could like pay for your picture to be on one of the cardboard cutouts in the crowd, and the money went to like key workers that had been um, overworked during the COVID stuff. And when Vettel arrived at the circuit and found out about that, he went round, got a picture of himself and the entire Ferrari crew, and paid for all of them to have a, a seat in the crowd, which was a a very very classy thing to do from a very classy guy, I thought. Yeah, he's a classy
1: yeah, dude. definitely. He really is.
0: Did you also see he bought Nigel Mansell's championship winning Williams? Red,
1: The Red 5? Yeah.
0: Yeah. He mm. just, like, bought it in an auction because he basically said, like, yeah, I, I like F1 and I like collecting F1 stuff, and that's a cool thing to collect. He's yeah, like, I'm it's looking forward to one. driving it, so I don't think I'll have time this year, but at some <laughs> point next year I'll go and have a drive in it.
1: <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if that was um, a little preemptive of... Uh... I don't want this going anywhere else. If they're getting taken over, I'm buying
0: yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, actually. Now's the time to snap
3: things up. Yeah, yeah. big time.
1: Uh, is there anything else race-wise we need to cover? Or should we move on to predictions? I think we're no. to move on. I think in terms of like a record like quick race, we've also done a, a pretty quick recap of a very...
0: Given what happened, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so... Um, I mean, surprisingly, nobody got the winner this week, so... Yeah, to... <laughs> <laughs> No no points in that comment for anyone. Um, in terms of fastest in Q3 for quali, a lot of people obviously went to Hamilton, all three of us included. Um, the only other one of us to score a point anywhere else was Stu who got Baikonen's finishing position of 13th. Um, quite a few people got three points, um, 10 to be precise. Um, that was the highest score overall. And um, we did actually get 18 people with Vettel as a first DNF. And to be fair, actually, Stu, something else you were quite close to, you did have Leclerc down as first DNF. So yeah. you weren't that far away with that. Wrong Ferrari. Wrong Ferrari. Reflective <laughs> of
0: grim times at Ferrari.
1: Yeah. yeah. In the overall leaderboard, we're looking at uh, Richard Garvey and Brendan Bain, who are now equal top on 16 points. And they are closely followed by Jacob Fitzbright and Nathan Bailey, who are on 15 each. And then there's another group of five people who are... Uh, only another point behind on fourteen. Um, in terms of us, we are somewhere in amongst all that. I think Stu's tenth, uh, thirteen and a half points. I am twenty sixth on twelve points, and Chris is one hundred fourth on
0: eight. <laughs> Chris is also I participating. Mean, wow! Con- <laughs> do
1: you know what though? Without without being too braggy about it, you're still in the top third of the table there, Chris.
3: <laughs> I mean, it does show how close it
0: is that I'm only four points behind you and that equates to like 70-odd positions.
3: Yeah. yeah. We need a new points system, lads. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's add like an extra column
1: for... Penalties or something. Mm. <laughs> Can we have an yeah. extra column
0: that's if your name is Chris, you get a point or two. That's a good. That's a good. I think idea. Like, that's my only. Hope. I wonder how
1: many of how, how many other the Chris's are on the board that would get a point because of that. I wonder see how oh, not, that would let's be. Oh, that's not. It's, it's five of them. there's five of them all together, including ours. So, right, Could be a popular decision. We need to yeah. <laughs> We need to band together.
0: <laughs> um, there's a few fairly significant news bits, actually, which we'll kind of rattle through quickly-ish. I mean, it, as I'm sure everyone knows, uh, the Williams family announced just before this race that they were stepping down afterwards, uh, meaning this is the final race with, uh, Sir Frank as team principal and Claire as deputy team principal. Kind of happened a bit quicker than expected, didn't it? I thought they would see the season yeah. out, but no word yet on who's going to be taking charge as of this coming weekend. Um... But I thought it was a shame they couldn't get a point to their last outing, but they still kind of were given a very nice send off. Um, they gave Claire a, a signed front wing from the entire team before the race. Um, she also waved out the T fee for uh, qualifying. Um, and I thought the messages both drivers sent over the radio at the end of the race were very, very genuine and heartfelt as well. Yeah. Yeah. They were. yeah. I mean, obviously, like the legacy of that family will live on forever. like They've been a huge part of the sport, and it's very sad to see them leaving. But at the same time, it seems like, at the very least, the Williams name is uh, safe for the foreseeable future. So mm-hmm. that's good. Unlike the Renault name. Unlike the yeah. Renault name, because yeah. as of next season... So is it Alpine? Yes. Yes. It Why... Is. Why can't it... Ford come back? Everyone knows how to pronounce Ford. Instead, we've mm-hmm. got Alpha Terry and Alpine and God knows what else.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so... Take it, was, take it with the there's, French, there's, man. Ju- just to, <laughs> yeah. not to
3: burst your bubble, Chris, but there's no chance in hell that Ford are coming back to Formula 1. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so it was announced a few days ago
0: that Cyril Abitabour is uh, going to be in conjunction with his... Uh, F1 role going to be heading up um, the Alpine brand, which Renault have kind of bought back to life in the last few years because it's kind of dead for a while. Um, and yeah, after that they announced they're renaming the F1 teams Alpine from next season, uh, they're going to be changing to a blue livery because that's always been the colors of that brand. Um, and they said it's going to like feature the French flag in the livery and stuff like that coincidence or not that uh, they're changing to a blue livery in time for Alonso coming back,
3: given that he won their championships in a predominantly Mm. blue car? Maybe. I don't know. I think, uh, to be honest, I think their brand strategies transcend... Alonso's desire to have a blue car, so. probably just a nice coincidence. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it will go nice with Kamoa logos on it if it's blue. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. It'll be, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be replete with those. There is already a blue Kamoa cap available online. He's I not mean, even c- gone back there yet, and he's already got a cap available for to buy. I can't say anything. I have two Kamoa caps and some Kamoa sunglasses, so I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> and you're wearing them all right now. Yeah, <laughs> both hats. Yeah, so we get
0: another new name next season. In Racing Point appeal territory, uh, Race Point and Ferrari have become the final teams to drop their appeals now over the whole Racing Point breakduct duct shenanigans, which effectively means that matter is closed now. Um, racing Points are now accepting the fine of the points deduction. F1 have sort of changed the rules for next season to avoid similar uh, situations arising. We won't go into it right now, but there's lots of new rules about exactly what you can do to take images and stuff of other cars and things like that to try and avoid mm. um, another tracing point situation.
3: It's, it's funny how Ferrari re- released that press release just as Gasly had won the race and we were all talking about Gasly, is a Bit it?
0: weird that, wasn't it? Bit pushing bit yeah. it under the carpet. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Ferrari, they're going to be running a retro livery <laughs> for their 1000th Grand Prix this weekend. Um, apparently, it's be using a <laughs> much darker red that like matches yeah, what I was they used. Say, no, is it literally... just red? Yeah, like <laughs> it's so funny. No, no, no,
3: it's a different red. Yeah, it says it says a darker red. Have you seen the the color of the red that they're talking about? I've not. No, is it? It's the like... same. It's just the <laughs> same color. I mean,
1: yeah, there's there is that classic dark navy blue, isn't there? That they ran. Yeah, that would be nice. At one point, that would be a nice classic. Look All yellow. Sort of they're thing. running yellow in the past as well.
0: Yeah. Um, instead, yeah. they're moving like one square over <laughs> on the Dulux color chart. Literally, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Like it's, it's very, very, very similar red. But, you know, we don't know until we see it. it we might get no. there in a week's, less than a week's time now. And, yeah. Uh, and it looked very different. We'll see. We'll see. I'll be very surprised if it's much different from the color yeah. red they're using, though.
0: Apparently, some other teams might be running some kind of retro livery as well. Maybe the other two Ferrari power teams. I mean, like a, a classic alpha livery might be nice. Uh, oh, know. is
1: that going to be red as well? Because that's yeah. what they used to Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so,
0: yeah. It bodes well for the race next weekend, though, because we all know what happens when someone plays dress up in the paddock. That yeah. generally tends to give us an exciting race, for one reason or
3: another. Well, if uh, if Mercedes is anything to go by from Germany last year, Ferrari. Exactly, I, don't know, yeah. I don't see how things could get much worse for Ferrari at the moment. So, <laughs> wow, what's going to happen? Are they just going to reverse around the race instead? <laughs> yeah, but even
0: even at Silverstone this year, when like the broadcasters were wearing retro stuff, Mercedes fell apart again.
3: So yeah, that's true. Ferrari yeah, that's will be turning up in flat caps, they're throwing everything at it. They're yeah. <laughs> We can't slow them down by changing engine modes, so we'll all show up in fancy dress and we'll hope that's not <laughs> the And then lastly, Ross
0: Braun has said that F1 is still looking at potential uh, reverse grid sprint races going forward. Um especially off the back of the race we've just had. He said, Monza was a candidate for a reverse grid sprint race when we were considering the format this year. Unfortunately, we could not move forward with it, but the concept is still something we in the FIA want to work through in the coming months and discuss it with teams for next year. We believe that yesterday's race showed the excitement a mixed-up pack can deliver, and with next year's cars remaining the same as this year, our fans could be treated to the similar drama we saw this weekend at Monza.
3: Get rid of Saturday practice, Give, do qualifying then, and then have a reverse, reverse grid sprint race in the afternoon. That's all you need to do. Just don't get rid of qualifying. Is it? Le- keep, Please, please, please keep qualifying. Yeah, qualifying's
0: great. Don't break yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: great, keep it. Just move it. Just move it a couple of hours earlier to take place of yeah. FP3. Keep Friday practice sessions. They're fine. And have the race in place of where qualifying is now, It where that session is. Yeah. It'd be great. That's all you need to do. Easy. And then people will agree to it because it's not affecting, like, you're not having a race affecting I think the biggest objection they had was the fact that it was a race affecting. Yeah, in place was. of qualifying. In place of qualifying. Whereas if you do it for half points as well, then, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could even um, have, like, a
0: sprint race champion
3: and stuff at the end of the season if you want to. Yeah. I've got his email. I might email him. I mean.
1: I mean- <laughs> Yeah, come on, it work. It works in stuff like F two and, and what. It I mean. works it's brilliantly worked for ages. Again, F two's been fantastic this weekend. And, and at the end of it, we've we've talked about this before. Like you might get um, a winner out of it that's not a traditional winner once in a while. But generally speaking, and I know it's equal machinery, and it's a different argument slightly. But ultimately, those drivers that are the the better drivers in that scenario generally still tend to come to the front so even if even if they've won the first race and then that means like reverse grid in the second race chucks them down in eighth or or whatever it is these days they will still generally work their way to the front if um you know if there is quality of driver and doing something similar in f1 would it'd have the same effect really wouldn't it like you would still see Lewis and the Mercedes probably carving through from the back and he, he might end up still winning most of the races but yeah, at least you we know get to watch him carve the field up and have he'd to He'd enjoy that it. a lot more. He'd enjoy oh, he'd probably, that a yeah. more as
3: well.
0: And, yeah. and Ross Brown said as well like we saw obviously Hamilton was able to carve his way back through and that was with a car that was not set up to be doing that job. So obviously yeah. if you did have a reverse grid race Mercedes would set their car up to be able to overtake. So you still as you say you still
3: would get the fast cars filtering through but yeah, you mm. just have to see them working for it. And what they should do as well is is force the setup from qualifying to be still, you know, qualifying mm. is still Park Ferme. So if they do yeah. that on the Saturday morning, then you set up for two races, then you have to. And obviously, if you have an accident in the first race, then mm. I guess some of that goes out the window a little bit. But um, yeah, but you can <laughs> still have, teams... like, have a baseline and stick to that, be made to
1: I wonder how many teams would tank qualifying to get a reverse grid race <laughs> pull to try well, I, to try to No, I don't points. think. Do,
3: I don't think you do it. I don't think you. I don't think it's based on qualifying. The reverse. The reverse grid is reverse championship grid. Yeah. Not reverse. That, okay. That's that's that, yeah.
1: That that would stop that at least because you do. That is one thing that you do see in stuff like F two is when a driver's in like eighth, they'll intentionally not carry on fighting for seventh because they know that if they sit there in eighth. They've got pole the next day, so they'll yeah. just they'll just sit there and defend from behind rather than mm. attack forwards, and it's a very weird mentality. But, but you do also, see it sometimes. That's also why they only reverse the top eight, because obviously
0: otherwise anyone who's not in the top ten would just be all trying to drop to the back <laughs> to get <laughs> pole if it was a full reverse yeah. grid. It is slightly more likely this will happen now, given the new Concord agreement. Um, previously. It required a unanimous uh, vote from the teams, which obviously very rarely happens. Um, under the new Concord agreements, they have a super majority system where something needs 28 votes to get through. Um, the FIA and F1 have 10 votes each and then the teams have one vote each. So it basically means two teams can vote against something and it will still happen. So mm. it
3: makes these sort of things slightly more likely to happen. I just hope to goodness, that they don't get rid of qualifying. I really like qualifying the way it is. It's the one thing that isn't broken. Yeah, they'd be
0: mad to do that. Mm. But I also hope that teams look at the excitement this last race has generated and try to make some decisions that are more for the good of the sport than the good of their individual results. But Mm. it's a big ask.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, you know what, I think it's likely now that you don't need one team to veto, well, now, now that one team can't veto anything, then I think it's much more likely to, to go through, obviously, because Mercedes yeah. have got no interest in giving up f- the front position, so they'll probably still try and veto it, but...
0: Yeah, the only problem is when, like, Racing Point and Williams will vote along with Mercedes because they get engines from them and stuff like that is the yeah. is the bit that this doesn't fix, but... um yeah.
3: There we go. Well, time will tell.
0: Yep. Shall we move on to the... What is it? The Formula 1 Pirelli Grand Primo della Toscana Ferrari 1000
3: 2020. Oh, you mean the Tuscan Grand Prix? That's the one, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, let's. Shall we do some storylines? Let's. So, uh, what have we got today? Um, Will McLaren continue their good form, or will the midfield battle swing once more? That's an interesting one. McLaren were... You know, as we've as we've said, they look like the second quickest car here at Monza, the temple of speed this weekend. so I think they I think they could they've got a good chance of still being there or thereabouts in Miguel, what about you guys?
0: It just seems to move so much like the two races before this Renault were out ahead of McLaren and racing points, and then before that racing point were clearly faster than the rest um and I think Alpha Terry have definitely closed the gap to those guys as well. I feel like this next circuit is maybe not going to suit the Renault as much. They've done well at kind of the more high-speed circuits, although Mm. Monza was a bit of a misnomer, whereas I don't think Magellan's going to suit them quite as well. Um, Mm. How did McLaren do at Spa? Because I feel like
1: like Um. Magellan shares
0: some characteristics with Spa in terms of the kind of average corner
1: speeds. Mm. Yeah, well, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because obviously we've not not really seen anything other than Ferrari go around it recent times. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but it, it's quite flowing, isn't it? It's not like Monza's. It, it, it's quite opposite to Monza. Monza's pedal to the metal, brake, 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 brake. Yeah. Pedal to the metal, brake, 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 brake. Whereas Magello's nothing like that. Magello's very flowing, like. Lots of like left, right, like you know, you, you just really sort of fast chicane's there. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's. I don't know. I I really think that it might be Red Bull's area to if they can get on top of the engine mode thing. I think mm. Red Bull might be having a bit of a sniff again and and yeah. get, trying to
3: get back on on form there. It's almost uh, like Hungary meets Spa. I would say the Hungaro ring yeah. and Spa combined into one track. If you like, they've got yeah. characteristics from both of those. Cause it's quite a thin circuit. The roads, not, not the widest road. Cause it's a, really, it's for motorbikes, isn't it? It's for MotoGP bikes usually.
1: Yeah. And, and like sort of sports car as in like sort of road Cars that can touch, car. Like, yeah. 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 It's
3: sort of like your DTM car style. Yeah. Your touring yeah. car sort of style of track. Um, I still think we'll get good racing there. I think turn one is going to, where see, going to be where you see the most action. I'm um, still I'm still dubious. I, but, I, um, I mean,
0: we don't have long to wait. So. We don't. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. In answer to the original question, though, I feel like Racing Pointer maybe maybe going to be in the best of the rest spot this time. I yeah. think this might suit their car better than the last couple of tracks.
3: I think you could be right there. Okay, next one. Um... Is there any hope for Ferrari at their special race, in their special livery? (laughs) No. (laughs) I think that's an easy one, isn't it? Yeah, sadly, I think it's a no. I think there's just not been a single track this season where they've really shined. Other than maybe Austria, they they probably got a bit more out of the car there than they might have, but then not that many cars finished the first race that they did so well in. So I'm struggling to see how they're going to do anything special at Magello. Yeah,
0: same probably a little better than monza but not by much
3: yeah same same okay next one will a new circuit to f1 be able to produce good racing again we've kind of touched on this i think it'll be a good race i think it'll be okay I'm, i'm i'm holding out hope what about you guys
1: i'm 50 50 like it it definitely works better for sports car racing like we were talking where the cars are a little more capable of kind of touching and you know that bump and grind and going oh, a yeah. lot more wheel to wheel through corners kind of racing you watching Tom <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean I've driven I've driven a lot of laps of Magello recently funnily enough because I've been doing I've been doing project cars haven't I oh yeah <laughs> so, I've been doing a lot of that and Imola
3: funnily enough as well where we're going don't see nothing wrong with a bit of uh, <laughs> racing at Magello yeah I i
1: <laughs> I'm definitely more interested in Imola right now. I'm just going to put that out there that I'm looking way further down the calendar to Imola if I'm honest. I'm nice. is way I'm up not well, I'm, Imola. I, I think I think the problem that we're going to have is we've just been treated to something really exciting that's like kick-started everyone and we're going to kind of get something that's probably a bit more back to normal, I think, mm. and and then all the <laughs> all the negative comments will start again. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, yes, the internet is. Yeah.
1: To
0: be yeah, honest, well. I'm not holding out much hope for either of these next two races having particularly good racing. I don't think those circuits really suit modern F1 cars. But it doesn't matter because freaking Istanbul Park is coming back, and that yeah. I yeah, could yeah. not be more excited about that. Yeah. I don't I'm, think we've talked remember. about that. Yes, actually, have we?
3: The fact that that's coming back. Like, No, I dropped we... a hint. I did drop a hint. Of <laughs> yeah, casual there, hint. I couldn't sort of go much further than that. I mean, um, we've banged on
0: about how much we like that circuit for basically the entire time this podcast has existed, but I don't think any of us
3: ever actually thought we'd see another race there. So, yeah, I'm super excited for that. Um, okay, and the final one, uh, will the engine mode rule change continue to affect the racing in uh in f1 i think it will i think the reason that the gasly and science battle went on as long as it did and went on as hard as it did was because of the engine mode neither of them could sort of change they just had to live yeah. with what they had yeah so, the it meant that the onus was on the driver much more than than it would have been in the past so i think it's i do think this engine i'm I'm warming to this engine mode thing i feel like it it does put much more emphasis on the driver getting the most out of what they've got without having to rely on the assistance of just pushing the high power button yeah i don't think it's going to change under normal circumstances
0: i don't think it's going to stop mercedes being the fastest by a pretty big margin it's not going to do
3: what they designed it to do no sure but yeah, yeah the fun byproduct of it is that it is making the drivers have to work harder, which is what we all Yeah, want to agreed. Um, let's make some predictions for the next race then. Um, I mean, we're going into the unknown a little bit here, aren't we? Let's go back and look at oh wait. <laughs>
0: it's never happened <laughs> yeah. before.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess the best way to approach it would be to let's just go for it, let's just go straight in. I'm not going to do any of the silly sort of looking back at other races, looking back at previous races and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of unprecedented. So um, with that in mind, I'll open up the predictions to give you two guys a little bit more time to think. I'm going to say Hamilton for fastest in Q3. And I'm going to ask, since you weren't in last week, Chris, I'm going to ask you first for the next (laughs) one. I'm going to say exactly the same, unsurprisingly. And I can probably guess what Tom's going to say as well. Unless he's going to throw a curveball, no. I need points now, so yeah, points make, is... prizes. make prizes. Hams um, make prizes, and then for the win, I think I'm I'm going to go ham again. I'm just going to save you both the effort. I'm going to go ham. What about what about you, Tom? Oh, um, I mean, I can't see past it at
1: the minute. Bar it barring another <laughs> strange set of incidents, yeah, it is probably going to be a Hamilton win.
0: And Chris. Yeah, I need to catch up points, but this is not the area to be trying to do it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're treading water. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, first DNF, um, Tom. Okay. Um,
1: I'm going to go with
3: Lance Cruel. Mm. Okay, and bit of a
1: come down.
3: <laughs> Tom, uh, sorry, Chris. What's 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 your first? Dinner? I think I'm gonna go for Old Faithful Grosjean. Grosjean. Okay, <laughs> I am going to be a cruel, cruel man and go look for
2: our.
3: I was gonna say Gasly then. Gasly probably be a good race. shout this week. Actually, Gasly probably would be.
0: Yeah, the um, old hero number, to zero prediction.
3: Number <laughs> yeah. of finishers, Chris.
0: This is a tricky one because it's very gravelly, Magello, isn't it? There's not much room for. It's error. a classic track, yeah. It's if, you, if you make a mistake, you're in the gravel and you're done. It's so... old school.
1: Unless you're Kevin Magnussen. did can kind I of just point out his save in yeah two? Was it? Um, yeah, I think it was, think it
0: was. Yeah. just just drove out like it wasn't any issue at all. <laughs> just, <didn't>
1: it <laughs> just went drifting through the gravel, bit it's of rallycross. Makes you wonder what the ride height's like on that house. <laughs>
3: Yeah. yeah, that's why it's slow. It's just like, yeah. yeah. Height, right? <laughs> um, come on, Chris. I'll have to press you.
0: I'm I'm thinking fairly low. I'm gonna say how low do I go? I'll say sixteen.
3: Sixteen. That's a solid prediction. I am gonna go. I'm gonna go fifteen. Ooh. Um, Tom. I'm gonna go more optimistic and go. A conventional 17. 17. That's, those are some... I like the look of those numbers. And finally, can we have a random driver? Go Chris. on, then.
0: Because you Go asked. Uh, oh, Kevin Magnuson.
3: Hey. <laughs> That's just as well none of us have predicted him to be first DNF. Yeah. Kevin Magnuson, where is he going to finish, eh? Um, where did he finish last race? Oh, he DNF, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, he did. First <laughs> DNF, wasn't
0: he? Um, Uh, race before that he was last on the road 17th race before that he was 15th that has ain't doing much other than the the teens these days if it
1: helps either of you I will happily go 15th that's where I was going to go anyway Um, I'm
3: going 15th as well Well, I was gonna but actually now I'm gonna go oh you're saying last on the road yeah I was but now I think I might go Oh, no, I'll stick with fifteen. I'll stick with fifteen. Uh, Chris, what's yours?
0: I'm going to go fourteenth. I reckon I'll have a Williams and a something else behind him. O-
3: optimism. Okay, that's the prediction sorted for this week. You can submit your predictions at backofthegrid.com. Um, there's a prize every week if you get the clean sweep, getting all five predictions right. Um, and there's a prize at the end of the season for the person who gets the most right over the course of the year so don't forget to get predictions in before qualifying begins on saturday and um yeah best of luck to you all let's do some inbox
0: uh, keep me now inbox, inbox. hey
3: man
1: Okay, uh, Sam Van Alten says a great win for Gasly. Do you think uh, this might create a headache for Dr. Marco as to who to put in that second Red Bull, or is it better to leave things as they are till the, at least the end of the season? Great work so far, guys. Love your work. I think leave things as they are. I think leave things as they are forever. <laughs> they tried to ruin Gasly once. Yeah, leave him be again. Let him earn a contract with someone who will actually yes consider that he is a driver instead of make him be a number two for a, in a car that is built completely around another driver. Just sorry b- before Stu gets to make his point on this, but did you, have you heard something <laughs> that Albon said recently about that car? No. What did he say? You, right. We we speculated a little bit, like just hypothetically. Does Max maybe? Go in a direction that he knows is difficult for somebody else to drive, and then oh, just yeah. deal yes, with it. We did, we right? Did, yeah. Interesting little tidbit from Alex Albon that I heard. I think it was last weekend. He basically said, "I like to run a lot of like front end um, on my car. I always have, and I've come. A, I've had teammates who like to run a lot of front end on the car." and then he cited Charles as one in particular, he said, I have never met a driver who will run a car so much towards the front as Max Verstappen. Oh, really? And I, that just sort of stuck in my head after the conversation we had about uh, is there some like, not intentional sabotage, but that it's just so in one direction that everybody um, like- else can deal with it. You, you think you like a, a car with a pointy
0: front end? I'll show you a car with a pointy yeah, front end. that's it basically what it is Like, Max whole my beer. So I just yeah. thought
1: that was an interesting tidbit on that topic.
0: Speaking of Albon as well, um, Helmut Marco over the weekend basically admitted that so Red Bull started this season a bit wobbly because their sort of on-track data didn't really match their wind tunnel data. And he basically admitted that in the scramble to kind of develop uh, away from that issue. Verstappen has been getting new parts faster than Albon has. So Albon, for the majority of the season, it sounds like, has been having a, a lesser car than Verstappen has. Yeah, well, it doesn't surprise me one bit. Not a huge surprise, but uh, this is one of the few times we've actually got someone from the team admitting it, yeah, I guess. admit it, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It's about time as well. Um, mm. Back to the question on... So, so Gasly, uh, is he making a headache for Red Bull? Maybe. Would he be better off staying at... Um, alpha towery yeah why why would you go to red bull and be number two driver when you can stay at alpha towery and potentially win races and be number one driver yeah he's obviously Precisely very happy so. there he's doing incredibly well there
0: and like you said tom stay there and wait for a team that's going to treat you better than red bull to uh come off your seat yeah,
3: yeah exactly that exactly that peter willington Says, I'm wondering after reading about the expected chaos of qualifying at the Bahrain Oval, I couldn't help but wonder if the solution doesn't look something like the top 10 shootout the Australian V8s do. Um, or have groups, each quality session has 15 minutes. Why not put the fastest third or championship standing Q1? Go out in the first five minutes and then the second third in the second five minutes and the last vice versa. The only problem with that is obviously love the last minute of qualifying where the times come in quick and fast but it's chaos at the moment. This Yes, well, we've, we've not we not
0: mentioned things. this but yeah F1 have confirmed that the second Bahrain race is going to use the outer loop which is I've seen estimates online that in qualifying the lap times are going to be 52 53 seconds. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's um, so yeah. Um yeah but- laps. Yeah, Peter makes a very good point. If you think there was chaos at Q1 in Monza, wait till you see the Bahrain Oval.
3: It's down to the teams to just not be idiots. At the end That's of the day, yeah, Mercedes, yeah. Mercedes just... got it right. Mercedes sent their cars out and they got pole position. And they did that by A, having the fastest car and B, putting the cars in a place on track where they weren't going to be interfered with. Yeah. They've, they can have learn from this experience that they've just had or they cannot learn from it and find themselves in the same position again. I don't think yep. the FIA need to be interfering, changing rules, forcing people to go out in groups, any of that nonsense. It's perfectly fine the way it is, leave it the way it is, and let the teams sort it out themselves. And Honestly,
0: if you watched any of the Formula E races um, in Berlin a few months ago, they do group qualifying and they're still all got in each other's way. It's, it just means you'll get five cars getting each other's way instead of 10, basically. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I, I think the the only real reason for it in Formula E, though, is because of the nature of the track. It's like, yeah. Like the, the exception on the F1 calendar would be like doing that at somewhere like Monaco because of how tight and narrow it actually is. Um, yeah.
3: So, and of course, know. Formula E have to differentiate themselves from Formula One as well. They can't just take the same <laughs> qualifying format as Formula One. <laughs> also true. Then formula One would kick yeah. off.
0: Formula E, are the fun well, yeah. formula. Yeah. Formula fun. <laughs> 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 um, that's not having a dig at Formula E. Well, I love Formula E. No, I do think. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that is super that's quite, duper fun.
1: <laughs> there's yeah. The, yeah, that's a quite honest. Representation. Yeah, it really Not is. a sarcastic one. <laughs> please, yeah. no, no sarcasm here. But yeah, you're right,
0: Stu. Like this is supposed to be the best teams and the best drivers in the world. Like they should be smart enough to not cock it up. Yeah, yeah be in a place, uh, just put yourself in a place in the track where there's not going to be another car under your yeah. front wing or rear wing.
3: <laughs> it's quite, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Like it may be um, a sh- the
0: shortest lap ever, but it's still a that's a lot of road for 20 cars to put themselves yeah, on. Yeah, yeah,
3: imagine you had that much. What is it like a couple of miles and there's only 20 cars on it? Exactly. Yeah, there's plenty
0: next Stephen Barlow says will Ferrari drop to seventh behind Alpha Terry after next weekend
3: possibility don't see um, where are they now <laughs> um
0: Ferrari on 61 points Alpha Terry are on 47 points so it would only take a what 13 14 point swing for them to get ahead
2: mm. it's
0: entirely it possible, is possible isn't it, well, well, it I mean we totally talked about possible. it a
1: little bit last week didn't we the the fact that to other teams are starting to either overtake and pull away or catch up to Ferrari, mm-hmm. yeah. and races like this weekend. Well, you're not going to defend a championship position, scoring nothing, are you? No, exactly. Yeah. It, so.
3: it just couldn't have happened at a worse time for Ferrari. They're, yeah, you know, using this more or less the same cars next season. Yeah, they'll be. They must be fighting behind the scenes, two for nail to get those. Uh, that get the situation changed so they can do more changes to their car. Just to think of the political scene behind it that that we're not seeing.
1: There must be some real
3: wrangling going on. Um, Um, Yeah, I think we've answered that one quite quickly, though, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: it's quite a simple answer, I guess. (laughs) Um, tell your cases. to me, this race sums up why Hamilton wins championships. Other top drivers' best days may be on par with his, but I think his worst days can be better than anyone else's worst days. Um, do you think we've come away from this with the championship swinging even more in his favour?
3: Well, it certainly hasn't swung any far uh, away from him, has no. it? No. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, if Bottas's spirit
0: wasn't crushed after the last few races, it certainly will have been after this one. Like, yeah. he mm-hmm. had an abysmal Sunday afternoon. Yeah. But but we uh,
3: mentioned it already. Like, there's some huge opportunities gone begging on, mm, not just yeah. for Bottas, but for Verstappen as well there and um, yep. they've just failed to capitalise. Much like Germany
0: last year, this was his big chance to really claw back some points, put some pressure on, and
1: he didn't do it. Didn't even come close. No. Yeah. yeah. You're right. And, and and I think that's it, isn't it? It's The general point that Talia's making there is the fact that everybody has good days and, and takes advantage of fortunate situations like and some drivers will have good days or as good as Lewis has good days but Lewis generally speaking makes the best out of bad days and yeah granted that's partly because of the team he's with but I mean Leclerc and probably Max Verstappen are probably the only other two drivers I can think that make the best of a bad situation like what Lewis does I would Mm. say they're, they're the three at the moment Sebastian Vettel's definitely done it in the past but I don't think his heart's in it to do it at the minute, but I think those three are probably about on par for the whole who makes the best out of a bad situation kind of deal, I guess. Yeah. Mm.
3: The, so the last one from Thomas Hardesty. He says, Very entertaining quality and even better race, which was just what the sport needed after Belgium. Did Stroll's podium boost his chances for next season or was the free pit stop unfair and leave Perez still in with a chance? Um, either way talk of Vettel joining seems very quiet now. It has cooled a bit, that Vettel talk, hasn't it? It has, but I mean, you know.
0: But as yeah. we said before, there's there's no need for them to be in any rush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah, um, and and for them to, I think for them to announce any other drivers or to, to go any further with that at this point in the season would do much more damage than good. Yeah, definitely.
0: We haven't talked about Perez today. Um, where did he finish? He was down in 10th, wasn't he?
3: <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, 10th.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had a decent start. He was up there at the start. He was behind the McLarens, but I feel like I didn't really see much of him after that, if I'm honest.
0: No. Um, he he started on the same tyre as the guys at front. He pitted under the safety car. He changed his tyres again under the red flag. He didn't do anything wildly different, so I don't see any reason for him to have finished that far down behind his teammate. Just not a great day at the office, I guess. Um, which, for all we've criticised Stroll a little bit, he's still very much outperformed his teammate, which is exactly what yeah, he needs to he be Yeah, he got in a free
3: 20 seconds, didn't he? That's why.
0: True, but even without that, I mean, Perez was about twenty seconds behind him.
1: I was about to say to the timesheets. Well, <laughs> so,
0: I mean, there would have been more or less the same, wouldn't they? Yeah, I guess so. But even even before all the shenanigans went on, Stroll was ahead of Perez wasn't he?
1: Fun funnily enough Perez was pretty much bang on 20 seconds behind Stroll. Yeah.
0: Oh, actually Perez did qualify him quite handily, didn't he?
3: Yeah, I think the thing, yeah. like it, it, this result makes Perez's race look a lot worse than it was because obviously his teammate's mm. so much higher up the order than he is. Yeah, it does. Lance Stroll's only up there by virtue of the fact that he didn't have to make a real pit stop. He would have like, I, I think he would have been much further down if uh, if he'd made a stop. Cuz there's just there's no way he's getting past like well, Hamilton would have done him. He's not getting past Ricardo. He's not getting past Bottas. He's probably not getting past Lando Norris. Um, Ocon it'd, maybe. It, it'd be, It might it'd be. He's down in this sort of eighth, ninth, tenth region. If he, yeah, if, if he pits,
1: more than likely, yeah. With, the, with the
3: Williams of Latifi knocking on the door, hmm. yeah. So I mean, Perez ought to. I, mean, I guess Perez must have just lost out in that in this pit stop. I'm just looking uh, at the old the safety car lap chart to try and figure out.
0: What happened to him? Where his race went wrong. Yeah, it was pretty much Stroll obviously gained those positions when he chose not to pin the safety car. Um, but yeah, Perez dropped right down actually after the. I think he just got unlucky with the time of the pit stops more than anything. Mm. But still, you'd have
3: expected him to make a bit more progress than he did with that car, I would have thought. So, do we feel like Stroll's podium boosts his chances for next season? In answer to Tom's, question?
1: it's certainly not done them any harm. I yeah. mean, it's it's a good result, isn't it? Uh, and he's made he's made the most. Well, actually, no, he's not made the most of the scenario. He's made an okay job of the scenario that he was. I mean, he's come out of it with a podium, in. hasn't he? Yeah. So,
3: you know, regard whether whether him staying out was a mistake or whether it was accidental by the fact that the safety car came in quite quick once they. Once they once they did open the pit lane, you know we'll never know, I suppose. But I, it feels a bit like he he's looked into it and he, should, he probably should have yeah. done more with it. So you know, d- does that damage his his reputation? Is the question? Does it do more damage than good to have come third he's, when he could have won it?
1: I think it's more about how he deals with this now going forward, isn't it? It's it's about does he does he learn from it and bounce back and then start performing better or does it overwhelm him and send him into a bit of a downward spiral that's yeah that's what he's got to be careful of now is because like we said earlier in the show it was very clear that his own worst critic was probably about to be himself in terms of the way he was talking like putting a brave face on for the cameras kind of thing yeah so I, I think it will depend on how far in his own head he gets and how much that that mentality that you could see that he had is detrimental or whether he uses it to come out the other side like there, there was an interesting piece on hamilton like the fact that he will turn not only positives into um like a reinforcement to to boost his performance, but yeah. also negatives. And he, he's he's very good at that mentality of doesn't matter what it is, whether it's good or bad, he can use it to fuel his performance and and, and bring out his a game. And that's what we'll find out, I think, from Lance at the minute. And it seems weird when you're saying that about someone that's just finished third in a race. <laughs> yeah, but it does really. I, I think, it, think I think when you look so at where he could have been, car, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. So. I still I maintain that that car is faster than what those two are, are getting out of it. I still yeah. think that. And that's that's what the uh
0: the management of that team need to ask themselves, isn't it? What would what would Sergio Perez have done in that same situation and what would Sebastian Vettel have done in the same situation? And yeah. I would yeah. wager that both of them would probably have finished higher than third. At yeah, least I one agree. of them would
1: have done I'm I'm pretty confident Vettel would have won in that position that Lance I so found as well. himself in.
3: Yeah, I do think so. And if that happens, we've got a much better race on our hands as well because that would a freeway fight for the league would have been oh. unprecedented almost. Yeah, yeah. But we won't have long to wait for the next one, will we?
0: No, not at all. Uh, mere days before we are uh, off to uh, Tuscany. I wish I was off to Tuscany. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Or is
3: it <laughs> in Tuscany?
0: Uh, yeah, I believe it is. Um, no. it's actually. Uh, uh, People have been calling this Alvateris home race. Mugello is actually much closer to their factory than Monza is, but yeah. you know, it's 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 not a, as exciting to say it's their second closest to home race, is it? No, nah, it's true. But that is it for a just a fantastic Italian Grand Prix. I, I loved every minute of that race. I think that's probably been the best race of the year. In what has been a year of a lot
3: of very good races. Well, really good races. That's, that's, that's a big shout. Very big shout. I don't know. I think we'll have to save that for the season. Yeah, review save for it. the season review, definitely. Yeah.
0: But yeah, that'll do us for now. Uh, we will join you again uh, next week to review the Tuscan Grand Prix from Magello. But until then, thank you very much for listening. If you want to get in touch in the meantime, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1, Facebook and Instagram. Just search Back of the Grid and you'll find us, or backofthegrid.com where you can uh, fill in the contact us form. And if you haven't already, sign up for free for the Predictions League, where you can be in with a shout of winning a prize. So until next week, it's goodbye from me and from these guys. Goodbye.
3: (laughs) Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. I thought I'd give whoever edits this a few buys to work with there. So you Do you want to beat barbershop <laughs> quartet? Yeah. <laughs> like boom, boom boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Mm.
1: <laughs> there you go, what one more to work
3: with. Yeah, you can use that one. That's the best one. That's that's the one.
1: Goodbye.